Let's do this. You're gonna be editing this, right? Choppy. <laughs> hey, Cedar Valley. Hey, if you're new here, welcome. Best ways to stay connected here at Cedar Valley is to sign up for our newsletter at cedarvalley.ca or to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. If you're looking for ways to give in support of the things that we're doing here at Cedar Valley, and I gotta tell you, there's some really cool things that we're doing here at Cedar Valley. Even this week, Awana started off a new season and we had a number of new families from our community who have never been here before. There's the skate park drop-in through the course of the week where Pastor Grant is uh, contacting kids from our community as well. That's pretty cool. And as always, and you're gonna hear about this later, uh, we have support uh, for Seeds of Hope Ministry, John and Sue Chalkis. That's pretty cool. Coming up though, otherwise, a couple big hitters. First one is Saturday, October 24th, we are hosting leadership team a mission, a vision, and values workshop here at the church starting at nine o'clock. We're not sure how long it'll go, but we'll try to be done in the morning. You can sign up and you need to sign up online, although the church will otherwise be represented by leadership team members, executive team members, and finance team members. Very cool, but it's open to everybody. Sign up as soon as you can. Otherwise, there's, a, there's, there's something coming up at the end of this month. It's a little scary, but that's okay. We're gonna make it less scary because we're gonna be going out on Halloween Eve to a couple of hot spots in the neighborhood to just connect and bless our community by handing out candy and hot chocolate. Here again, if you'd like to help out do that, to set up, take down, connect with people, chat with them, hand out candy, pray, like whatever it might be, you'll need to sign up for that too so that we can know who's coming and when. That'd be awesome. And if you can't, if you just drop in, we'd be glad to see you. The spots for that will be by Griner Park and then again at what park? Uh, Lightburn. Lightburn Park, that's right. Thanks, Pastor Grant, for that shout out. Very good. What's coming up this morning? Well, we have a time of worship to be followed by Pastor Doug, who will be bringing a message for the kids and talking about very specifically Operation Christmas Child and how you can be a part of spreading that year this year. After that, as I mentioned earlier, we have John and Sue Chalkis in the house from Seeds of Hope, and they'll be sharing from their experience internationally, new projects, updates, and exciting ways we can continue to support the work they're doing. Before we get into all that, though, head over to the comments section, answer this question. Speaking of Operation Christmas Child, speaking of Christmas, what is it? Like, when is it too early to put Christmas decorations up? Enjoy the service.
So great a mercy 
Hey there, Cedar Valley kids. It is great to see you again today. And you're right, you guessed it. I think you know what this is. Guys, do you know what I'm holding here? What is this? Um, a shoebox. Shoe That's right, do you know what this is? It's a shoebox. That's right. And it's not just any shoebox. This is a Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child shoebox. We do this every year. Maybe you've done it before. We're going to get to do it again, and it's really cool. Well, I've got two boxes here, one that looks like this, and in just a minute, my two buddies here, my special friends, they're going to help me fill it just to show you some of the things you can put in it. But first of all, I've got another box, and this actually doesn't look very much like a box, does it? No. It's kind of flat, but now a lot of you kids at home, you're going to have some of these. So what I want you to do is we're going to put this together right now. So you can take them out and put it on a flat spot, maybe on a table or on the floor will do, and it all folds together. And when I say go, you can either follow me and do it with me, or if you think you're really good, I want to see if you can beat me putting this box together. And as soon as you're done, get your mom and dad to type it in so we can see on the screen, those that are watching, that um, if you can beat me making this box. All right, so get out your flat box. It's not really a box yet. And ready, set, and go. So we're gonna fold the corners like this. Fold that one down, this one in, fold it up and down. How are you doing? Did you get that? Then we have to fold this up here like this. Put that one on the inside, lift it up, then lift that all the way over, take it to the end like this here, leave the top up, and slide it right inside that. One and done, and right around here like this, and another end done. And I'm done. Anybody who beat me, let me know when you've got yours made and send your note in so we can see that you've got it done. Now, we've got a box ready to be filled and we've got to fill it with stuff. So, we have some stuff here and we're going to dump it out. Oh, look at it. Can you help me grab it out of? What is that stuff? Yeah. Oh, right here. Can you kind of hold them up and show the kids some of the things that we have here? This is a stuffy. That's a stuffy. Can you tell them some of the things that we have here, Audrey? Okay. So, kids, with our shoe boxes, all around the world, there's kids that don't have very many things. And now at Christmas time, it's not Christmas yet, but you get to go and buy some really neat things, put them in the box, fill it up, and then send them. They're going to be sent to children all over the world. Some of the countries that they're going to go to is to Ghana and Sierra Leone and Nicaragua and El Salvador. Oh, and you know what? You can put those right in the box here, okay? You find them and you stick them in, you put them right in the box. There we go. You can show some of these other things. Here's a cool toothbrush. Yeah. Do you want to hold up some of these things so you can see the kids can see? Now, 
Not only do the kids get some really cool gifts that you get to send them, but in each one, there is a special note inside about the adventures with Jesus. And they get to go to a special club where they hear about Jesus. And then they can take Jesus home to their families and their friends. And it's so cool. All because we made some shoe boxes, put some gifts in it, and sent them all over the world. So, parents, this is for you. In the box, you are going to find a little flyer, give you some hints on what to do, and a whole list of things to put in, and some things not to put in. You can also put in maybe a little note or a picture of yourself so the kids can see who sent it to them. How fun would that be? And we are going to be able to bless children all over the world because we made shoe boxes. All right, so let's start putting this stuff in here. All right, stick that one in. Oh, what do we have here? How about you put some socks wow. in that one? Socks, yeah. Oh, do you want to put the stickers in there? And there's a book for coloring in. All of those cool things. Be creative and pack it full of good stuff and your love of Jesus that's going to go to these children. Thanks so much for being part of our Operation Christmas Child shoebox. And you want to have these boxes back right at the beginning of November. When we all come back to church on November 1st, bring your box and then we'll send them off next week after that. Thanks a lot, kids. See you next week. Welcome here. We're so glad that you've joined us. Uh, this morning, we are joined by John and Sue Chalkis from Seize of Hope Ministry. Welcome here. We're, I'm really excited to spend this morning because I, I've heard some of your stories before I've seen your ministry, uh, some updates in the past years. A lot of people who are part of Cedar Valley know you guys have seen the ministry too. And it's really inspiring seeing God at work all around the world in incredible ways. Yeah. So you know, thanks for joining us this morning. And we're here just doing uh, part of our international uh, ministries and partnerships, uh, some updates that we're going to be doing. Last month, we talked with uh, Pamela Hoogie, and this morning, we're talking Seeds of Hope, and we'll be doing that in another month from now, uh, so stay tuned for that. But in a, in a big way, um, introduce us to yourselves. Uh, for those of you who haven't met you before, um, what's your connection here with Cedar Valley, and what is Seeds of Hope? Well, I just saying to Grant this morning, we're really excited to be here because this used to be our home church for almost 20 years. We used to live down the street, and when we started Seeds of Hope, uh, we were right here. And this uh, Cedar Valley was a huge part in encouraging us, praying for us, sending us out, uh, filling our hockey bags full of supplies. And uh, eventually we had teams from Cedar Valley, so we're thrilled to be here today. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Where was the first place you guys ended up then? Like when you say, you know, sent out, where did you guys go? Thailand. Okay. Yeah, we started in Thailand in 1995. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's been yeah, a so, long time. Yeah, of... a friend had shared a letter with me. She wanted to open an orphanage for HIV kids. That was before medication. And I remember I, I got some ladies from Cedar Valley in the basement together, and I did a talk, and that was our seed money. And... So Cedar Valley is a huge part of Seeds of Hope. Mm -hmm. It's really the foundation. Cool. 
So what, tell me more about that. What that first, was it just a letter about wanting to start it? Like, what was the first thing that inspired wanting to do this? Well, my neighbor, um, she, her family have a business in Thailand. And so when they had lived there and while they were living there, they met a missionary couple and they had adopted a child from a local government orphanage. So that missionary every Wednesday used to volunteer in the, the government orphanage. And she noticed that a lot of kids that were coming in had HIV. And at that time, total fear. You know, there was no medication. Yeah, the stigma to HIV. Mm. So these babies were not even given a crib. They were laid on rubber mats in the hallway. And they were just, no no diapers. They were just hosed down. And that was it. Right. Because they're not going to make it, was the assumption. Right. Broke this missionary's heart. She wanted to, I'm giving you the short version. She wanted to open an orphanage just for these kids, specifically Mm. for these HIV kids. And so she wrote my neighbor a letter and saying, you know what? I really want to open an orphanage. Do you know a rich person? I need $23,000. And so I took the letter and I wrote her back and I said, you don't know me, but I'm Faith's neighbor and I'm going to raise you the money. And so that started bottled drives, baked um, apple pies, speaking at Cedar Valley. Cool. That was the beginning. That's really cool. How have you felt God equip you to take on like uh, just a different, uncomfortable kind of path or calling like that. I think it's been amazing, actually, when I when I reflect and I look back, I see a puzzle mm-hmm. and I see that God gave just one piece at a time. I think if God gave, you know, we would have went running. We would have said, no, no, we are. This is not us. There's no way we can just do this. Just normal two people. But, you know, then John got on board and. You know, and so it just, it was like one piece at a time. Now, now that you've been, I mean, 1995, so 25 years later, what does some of that whole picture now start looking like? Like what, where is uh, Steve's a hope at? Cause I know you said he started in Thailand, but I mean, I know that it's a few other places where, where is Steve's a hope now? Yeah, well, we've grown. Uh, we have ministries in Myanmar, which is the neighboring country. We have uh, ministry in Zambia, which is our biggest project. And we have uh, over 200 kids, 83 full-time staff. We have our own school from preschool to grade 12. We have a a scholarship program. A lot of our kids that have graduated are in university now. We have like over 40 kids in post-secondary education, including um, four or five five in medical school, one in uh, just graduate engineering degree. We have one in law school. We have several in nursing. We have one in getting a business degree. So it's, it's and these are kids, this is, the, this is the, the amazing thing. These are kids that nobody wanted. These are kids that they, the actual term the social welfare uses is dumped kids because their family didn't want them because they're HIV and they were afraid of them and the stigma and they couldn't afford to care for them and, and they were dumped. And there was no future for them. No one uh, expected any good to come out of them. I know these kids are in university. Wow. And our and our vision is to raise leaders uh, so they can impact their nation with the with the, the same grace and uh, they receive from God the same blessing that they can be a blessing to their communities. And we're starting to see um, we're starting to see that happen right now as they're graduating, as they're getting married. Uh, seeds of hope is we we love the name. It's just like a seed that you plant. At first, you don't see anything happening. Then the, the seed will sprout and break through the ground and you support it with a stick and you you water it and you feed it. 
And it takes time. Mm -hmm. But after a while, that seed will grow and, and bear fruit. And we're just at that point where our kids are going to bear fruit. Right. And we're really excited about it. One of the most exciting things that happened recently is two of our kids who grew up together just got married. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was exciting. Yeah, in March. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. And, and yeah, like Seeds of Hope, like you're saying, every, we have kids that the world essentially discards, dumb kids. That yeah. is a heartbreaking term. Yeah. But every story is miraculous and redemptive, right? So it's, I mean, God works miracles in everybody's lives. And, but when you have something like that where like society, it's just like this contrast of like what God can do and what the world has discarded. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And that's probably the thing that drives us is to see redemption over and over again. God just redeeming these lives that people have cast away <clears throat> and see what God can do with them. Wow. It's amazing. It's thrilling and, and empowering uh, to us. It just energizes us. Uh, you know, one, one thing that I think is on a lot of our minds, especially knowing the Zambia ministry, so like that is COVID-19 has been this like global pandemic. It's been everywhere. How how has that affected some of the Seeds of Hope ministries or even your guys work with the ministry? You know, for John and I, uh, everything that has been normal in fundraising has changed. So we can't go into churches anymore. Mm. And we can't we couldn't do our cross-country tour, which is huge. We couldn't do our ladies tea, which we have done every year. And mm. we just miss those ladies. It was one, probably my favorite fundraiser. We do that right here, actually. Yeah, That's, Cedar yeah, Valley. So. Right. So that's hard. And, you know, our banquet is what keeps us going throughout the year and we can't do that. So we're having a gala soon. Mm. So please sign up for our gala. You can do it on our website and our, we're having a huge auction, too. And so there's all directions on our website how to do that. But probably that's how it's affected us. But on the other side, you know, we have Shannon and Dave Dirksen, who are part of this church and Trind and their kids, Trind and Evan. And they've been locked down mm. since March. So, you know what, I think I feel more for them than I do for us because, you know, they're not, they don't have the comforts of their home. They don't have their family. They don't, you know, they really are. I mean, they have each other, but right. yeah. So I would say. And for the communities where we serve, they've been hard hit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, their people have lost jobs. People mm -hmm. are probably literally starving to death. And and not the infrastructure for social support, like there's no, there's, there's right. none of that, right? So one of our, one of our ministries that we have in Zambia is we ha we do a feeding program at a local school, and we've had to reduce. How and she said to me, "Please, Susan, can you still help us because we still need to feed our kids, but our money is is down. So we're like, oh, how are we going to do this? But you know, right. pray God will make this successful, and we'll be able to continue continue to carry on supporting right. them." Yeah, I say, what are some other projects or things that are upcoming for Seeds of Hope that you're working on right now? Well, we are really excited that in Thailand, at our project there, Rays of Hope, we are starting two new homes. A girls' home and a boys' home, Banazara, which means Freedom House, and Banun Rock, which means House of Love. And these are going to be for traffic kids. So... We're hoping to open up in spring of next year. The houses are um, the first house is done. Second house is almost finished, and we just have to get all the protocols and things sent. Mm -hmm. But you know, we've been in touch. John and I did an exploratory trip last year where we met with the police, social workers, traffic task force, different organizations that are doing this, just to see if there was a great need, because there's so many people doing it. And what we heard was that our response is that we 
got was that there's a lot of people rescuing the kids, but nowhere to house them. Mm. A lot of organizations um, involved with the police that do the rescues. But what happens to these kids, once the rescue happens, is all, there's no place for them to go. They can't go back to their families. A lot of times it's the families that sold them in the first place, right. which is mind-boggling for me to think. So what, so what happens is they end up going into government orphanages and there's no help for them. These kids have been traumatized. They need special counseling. They need uh, special care. And they end up in these institutions where uh, they continue in drug, drug use and uh, they, they eventually leave after they, they hit 18 and with no help and no resources uh, to re-enter into society. And they end up going back into that lifestyle because that's all they know. But Addiction... The and trafficking. But the big thing that we have to offer in a Buddhist country is Jesus. Right. And he redeems, he heals, and he transforms lives. So we're going to have a full-time counselor. Mm. And, you know, people told us in Zambia that, you know what, why were we helping these kids? And look, they're, you know, God has redeemed them. And and so we're, we're believing for the same results with these kids. We're starting with kids 10 and under. Right. And, and that's what... Um, just want to add on to that. Yeah, why are you helping HIV kids? They're going to die. What's the point? No, they're living. God is the God of life. And they're living. And, and, and then in 2005, we got the medication, which means that they can live a normal lifespan. And not only are they living, they're thriving. And we want to do the same thing for these kids. Yeah. Mm. There's way more than just providing a place to stay, that roof, right? Like it's, no, we wouldn't do it if it was just a place to yeah. stay. Sex trafficking has got to be one of the darkest things that we've yeah, been of able hell. to create yeah. mankind. And like nothing can redeem that except for the gospel. Absolutely. Amen. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Wow. What, and what you're even saying there is there's more redemptive work than just simply people, the kids who come into the ministry. Like there's redemption and miracles happening there, but then the effect it has on the culture around right. creating a different dialogue that like, Every person is precious, and you see that through God's eyes. Yeah, and you see God doing the impossible. Yeah, yeah, the impossible is it? Well, that what that's the definition of a miracle, right? That's yeah. only able to be done through God. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, with you know, on, exactly on that, how can we then at Cedar Valley support that initiative that's going forward, or Seeds of Hope in general? Like, sign up for the gala, sign up for the auction. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's a big one, and that's what, and pray. And what are the what's the what's a bit of the hard information on that? When is that happening, the gala? Uh, it's the twenty second, and everything's on seedsofhopecm.com. Okay. And it'll there's all like it's the very front page is how to like register, 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 and donate. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll put a banner on that right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone will see it. And probably the the next most important thing we people can do is child sponsorship. Okay. Child sponsorship is really the backbone of this organization. It pays for a child to for the medical care, their clothing, their education, their 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 food, everything that a child needs to live in a home. Mm-hmm. Child sponsorship care and it goes directly into the care of a child. And what we're doing now is we're taking names of people who would like to sponsor once we get kids. So we're mm-hmm. um, at Banazar and Banu Rock, so that. Once, when kids come in, that we have sponsors ready for them. So people can actually put themselves on a list for those kids. Cool. And so, yeah, so it's not just Zambia. That'll be for Thailand as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. And Myanmar. And we also Myanmar. have a project in Myanmar. Yeah. So, do you have a rough idea of how many kids are sponsored at this point? Um, well, in Bonn and Rock and Bonn, there's there isn't any. Not but, yet. But 
I would say we're probably short about 80 sponsors, but our kids have eight sponsors a child. That's what it costs them oh, wow. okay. to live at. Well, that's, that's a good thing to know. So it's it's really, it's a joining part of a team to really right. raise that child. Yeah. child. It costs about $300 for a child to, to live wow. at a facility because it includes the caregiver's uh, wages, includes medication, you know, medication includes right. the power to the house, like all these things. Yeah add up and, and we broke it down, we divided it up and that's what it costs. But we are expecting at Bonin Rock and Bonazar, it's going to cost us quite a bit more mm. there because we are putting our kids in Chris private school because we want them to have Christian education. Mm. As we think, you know, we need to get them as much gospel as we can. Sure, in a Buddhist nation where right. the dialogue is complete, it's not even deity focused, right? It's, it's very self-help new age that doesn't have this understanding of a savior. Right. So, yeah, which in coming out of the darkest parts of our world, you need that. Yeah. Absolutely, you do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That's that's fantastic. I know we we see around, like you said, we've got some history, we've got some connection. As a church, we want to be supporting and sponsoring of this kind of work internationally, like God changing people's lives constantly. It changes our lives back home, right? Um, one thing I want to ask you, and it's a thing that we can do in our uh, discussions, if you're watching the home church, if you have people over at your house right now watching in the living rooms, uh, ponder on this kind of stuff because this is what we're going to be applying after the service today. But with your experiences, the stuff you've learned, I mean, I I love the opportunities to travel internationally to do ministry like this, but it doesn't happen every day for me. I, I think you guys have spent the longest time you have in Canada now, this seven-month stretch. Yeah, we got our wings clipped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, for some of us, it's like maybe once every 10 years, we can get a chance to do a, a trip like that. But what advice would you give us that we could apply for our own lives missionally, like just here in Mission or Absurd Chilliwack? I think, I think right now people are ripe for the harvest, if that makes sense. That COVID has brought a lot of fear amongst mm-hmm. people. And so I think people are, are more open to the gospel than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Because they need to know, because they have no control, right? But God, you know, God has it all. So I think that they can invite people, you know, into their homes to to watch church, to, right. you know. Hey, yeah, that's, that's what we're, we're talking about massively as a church, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so I just think, you know, their next door neighbor, get a loaf of bread. Like, just put a little, little thing. You know what? I live next door. Just let you know, I, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Like. How are you doing? Like just checking in with people because sure. it's it's actually a avenue for the gospel just to check in with them to say, can I pray? Is there something I can pray for you for? The gospel is all about relationships and building relationships and crossing, uh, well, coming out of your comfort zone. It's sometimes we feel uncomfortable introducing ourselves to our neighbor, uncomfortable introducing ourselves to a coworker, mm-hmm. uncomfortable sharing the gospel. Well, that's what Jesus calls us to do. Calls us to share the gospel, to be friends, even to those that we might not have um, things in common with, right. right? But God calls us to these people. To, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, to, to everyone, right? Like yeah. that's that's the Great Commission right there in Matthew. Yeah. To go and I'll just do a little translate there. This word we're using gospel, right? Um, good news. It's literally a translation. It's it's good the good news. news that there's a God who loves you, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save us from the darkest things that are happening all around the yeah. world from the fear from COVID, really. Um, yeah. both literally physically, mentally, because you're saying, I mean, here 
in Canada where we have all the social support and all the things that we need to protect us. And there's still a huge amount of fear and frustration, and anxiety, and like people are losing their minds in this. Right. And they need to know that God says, you know, he's ordained all our days before one of them come to be. Right. So our lives are really literally in his hands. He already knows the day. So we can rest in knowing that God is with us. And I think in saying that we need to reach out to our neighbors, we also need to make sure everyone in our church is okay, in our church family. You know, if there's somebody that lives alone, we need to reach out to them. We need to make sure they're okay. Yeah, amen. Before we go, is there any any other thoughts? I just want to make sure that we haven't uh, dropped anything off that you still have on your hearts that you want to share out. And I just want to say hi, Cedar Valley. <laughs> I want to say so many um, of our friends. thank you, um, Cedar Valley. 25 years you guys have been um, mm. encouraging us. There were times we really needed encouragement. There were times that we didn't know what we're doing and how we're going to do it. And uh, we've always had prayer support. We've had words of encouragement. We've had financial support. And friends. we just want you to know, and friends, yeah, we just want you to know, we appreciate you. We, you've always helped us. You've always um, met the needs that we've had. And uh, you've always welcomed us here, gave us the pulpit, and gave us these seats now. But uh, we've always felt welcome. We always felt at home. And this is our family. And, and thank you so much. We, we really we really appreciate you. Thank you. We're so happy to have you here too. This testimony is also powerful. Like you're saying, to support each other in the church community, sharing the way God is at work through us. And even when we just serve ourselves and watch God go in our lives, uh, is massively supporting for our brothers and sisters too. For a path. Yeah. Uh, you know, when just ending off here, can I pray for you guys? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So join me in that. Rally. God, thank you for the passion that you give us. Uh, and especially here, John and Sue talk about, thank you for John and Sue, that you've inspired them to have a heart, your heart, God, and, and see kids that the world has discarded, uh, people that the world has discarded, dumped babies, what a term, that God, how else can we describe your gospel, your good news, your, the testimony of your salvation, then seeing what the world has cast aside, and then you said, no, there's a miracle in every single one of these lives. So God, I just continue, or I, I want to pray that you continue to bless Seeds of Hope all around the world. The international ministries they've got, Myanmar, Thailand, Zambia, the project that's being built here for traffic children, God, that it is smooth sailing in every way possible. And as we've heard here too, there's a massive financial need. So God, I just pray that you show us in our lives where we have that excess that we can just give into your mission, God, your kingdom and support people around the world. God, I pray that the gala goes incredibly well, that Susan Hope doesn't even see a blip in their ability to operate, and they can just be open-handed and free going after your vision and your people, God. So we we lift Susan Hope up to you, God, and we expect and we have seen your incredible blessing. We pray all these things mm -hmm. in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Grant. Really Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, Great morning, just hearing an update from John and Sue from Seeds of Hope Ministry. And, and as you've heard, they've been, uh, they were really sent out, the ministry was born here, sent out of here. So we have that wonderful connection. We love to continue 
supporting them and praying for them and, and seeing all the amazing things God does through Seeds of Hope. So uh, what we're gonna be doing is just playing a little clip that Seeds of Hope has put together. It's about seven minutes long that just gives an amazing recap and a story of the heart and the mission of what Seeds of Hope ministry is all about. Some of the stuff you just heard this morning, so it'll be a bit repetitive. Some of you already know all about this, but for those of you who are joined together in your little churches at home, uh, people you've invited over, uh, if you're at the church sanctuary, just take a few minutes here watch the video, engage with that, consider some of the challenges, some of the advice that was given to you by John and Sue about how we can apply a missional evangelistic um, practices into our own lifestyle here in Mission, or Chilliwack, Abbotsford, wherever you're watching from around the world. Spend some time too in your groups just talking about ways that you could uh, get involved and support Seeds of Hope Ministry specifically. Consider the gala, head over to their website and spend some time in prayer for the ministry, for the stuff going on, for the upcoming uh, for the project that they're developing in Thailand too for uh, victims of sex trafficking. So thank you again for this morning. Have a great week. Okay, so way back in 1995, my neighbor who used to own a, well actually they still do, have a Thai flying factory in Thailand. She got a letter from a missionary in Thailand who they were very good friends with. And that missionary wanted to open an orphanage for HIV positive children in Thailand. But she needed $17,000 to do it. So she sent a letter to my neighbor and said, you know what, do you have any rich friends? Because I made a deal with God that if he gave me this one orphan that I would open an orphanage. I said, can I have the letter? And I wrote the neighbor back and I said, you don't know me, but I'm Faith's friend and I'm gonna raise you that $17,000. We baked tons and tons and tons of pies. And we sold them and we raised $23,000 our first year. And we were able to open our first home in Thailand for HIV kids. And then John and I got the opportunity when we went there to um, run the home because the couple had to go on furlough. And while we were there, I said to John, you know, this is what I was created to do. This is what I, this is what I was born to do. When we got back to Canada, we thought, you know, we wanted to, to help more kids. So we decided to go to Africa. We're in the, on the boundary of two townships. One is called Chipukulusu and the other one's called Nkwazi. And this is one of the shanty slums that where most of our kids come from. So without education, these kids are stuck in a very vicious cycle of poverty. They won't even be able to get a job as a clerk. So they'll end up doing uh, manual labor. And life is very, very difficult for their kids. And uh, the water, they, they have to go out to find a creek, carry the water back. There's no running water in these homes. You can see some of the latrines here. Uh, there's no kitchens. They cook outside on charcoal. So it's extremely difficult. And with the HIV epidemic, it's wrecking havoc in these communities. And then in 2005, we got antiretrovirals, which are the drugs that HIV people take. In Canada, people uh, no longer need to die from HIV if they live a healthy lifestyle and they take the medication, they can be undetectable, they can get married, they can have children. So we thought, you know what, that's what we want to do for our kids. So the vision shifted from giving a home, being a home for children that are going to die to a vision of giving children a life that's going to give them a future. And people say, well, with the ARVs that we have nowadays, why are people still dying? And the ARVs are free in this country, but the, the lab work is not. It's, it's very, very costly for them. And the other thing about ARVs is you need to have a, 
a good nutrition, you need to live healthy, you need to have clean water, you need to be able to sleep properly and, and have a healthy lifestyle. Well, look around, this is a very difficult place to live healthy, to eat healthy, to drink healthy water. So it's, um, we find a lot of orphan children, we find a lot of sick children here, and life is desperate. So in the beginning, our vision was just to, to give children the best possible life in the short time they had and to teach the caregivers how to love and hold these kids while they are dying. We believe that every child deserved to be loved while they were dying. They deserve to be held. Somebody once said to me, you know, well, how do you, how do you hold dying children, Susan? They said, isn't that hard to keep holding them while they died? And I said, nope. The Bible says that God is the father of the fatherless. So to me, it was such a great privilege that God allowed us to hand him, to physically hand him his children. So now our first objective is to raise children to love and serve God. And our second objective is to give them an education, to give them the tools they need to be whatever God's called them to be, whether it's a teacher, a doctor, a welder, whatever it is, a pastor, we want to be able to give them those tools. And with the education system here in high school having 60 to 90 kids per class and our kids having a rough start to life, we knew we had to build our own school to give them that, to give them a good quality education. So we decided to buy land and build a school. And I remember the first person I mentioned it to, they thought, Susan, you know what? You only have a college diploma in business administration. How are you going to build a school? And I said, that's the beauty of it. I don't have to because if this is God's project, God will have to build the school. I'm Patricia Sanjiva, the principal of Grace Academy. And Grace Academy is a unique school in Indola. These children are HIV positive and they are vulnerable, meaning that their families couldn't uh, support them, like take them to school or provide medication. So Seeds of Hope has come in to help these children. You count five. We know if we just touch one life, we have touched many lives. Through them, they're going to be a blessing to their families. That's what we are. We now have almost 150 kids. We raise them to love and serve God. Our first graduating class, we have one girl in nursing, one in studying engineering, one getting a bachelor of education, and one studying medicine. We had our first graduate um, finish school, and he is a welder, and he just got a job. As somebody once used an analogy of a gem. When you see a gemstone, it's actually raw, but God takes these, these stones and he polishes them and he makes them into a beautiful gem. And so that's what we want to do. We want to take these kids that society doesn't want, that everybody has shunned, and we're going to make them into, you know, the teachers and pastors and engineers, and God's going to use them to bring them glory. That's what Seeds of Hope's all about that, you know, that's our deepest prayer is that these kids' lives will bring God glory. Every time we've needed someone, God has brought that person at the exact time that we needed them. And it, it's always confirmation that God is in this project. Mm -hmm.